There is a fifth dimension. A dimension of sound. Damn it, Frank! We tell him to be quiet. I spill my hot cup of Uranus again. A dimension of sight. Hey, Arch. I'm gonna sock you in the puss. A dimension of mind. Nan Adams, is that you? Ah! Ah! Next stop, the Twilight Zone. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Twilight Zone of Fifth Dimension Podcast. I am your host, Nick. As always, uh, we're back to talk Twilight Zone, the Fifth Dimension podcast. Uh, we're here. Wait, what? Huh? Oh, shit. I, said, I said that wrong. <laughs> da, da, da. Uh, it's a Fifth Dimension, isn't it? It is a Fifth. Well, have you been drinking, po- sir? <laughs> <laughs> I'm drunk. I've seen Avatar again. No. Yeah, you are the Fifth Dimension. Again? You sent me. Yeah, a- I did. I saw it today. See, you're doing God's work, son. I still haven't gotten the chance to see it. You got to see it, Drew. I plan on it. I just have been sick, and I haven't had the chance to get out and actually do fun stuff. Drew's afraid of seeing blue people. She's she's bluest. She's a yeah. You're being. Anyways, we are the Fifth Dimension of Twilight Zone podcast. I uh, I refuse to say any other way unless I make mistakes. Uh, We're on audio feeds. We're on audio feeds like Anchor and uh, Audio Boom and Amazon Music and uh, Google Sound and uh, Apple Podcasts and all those podcasts that you can think of. We are on. Rate, subscribe, five stars, all that good stuff. Uh, I'm here to talk the Twilight Zone by myself because I've gone 100 years over that rim. Uh, I'm rimming this podcast. I'm from Ohio. So this is all about me, people. I fired my two hosts or they're back in 19, uh, 2023. And this is like 2085 or some shit. Or twenty one seventy five, yeah. Rimming, <laughs> and as Richard, as Richard Kylie once said, the voices you hear are my podcast co-hosts, which of course are Jacob and Triv, and they're somehow talking to me from the past because I went to look for penicillin or sexual drug enhancements. I don't know. That's why we're in the Twilight Zone. Right. What the fuck is going on here? I don't know. I'm just glad that his. Uh, my, I'm just glad that his camera isn't like a foot lower. <laughs> <laughs> wait hold on a second i can make that happen no 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 <laughs> yeah just a lower wait no. hold on a second. I, I got this no 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 well okay that's okay <laughs> he's going down he's going down we're yelling got the, uh, automated desk Ooh. Ooh. fancy so right right so anyways how the hell are you guys Triv, still sick. Jacob, I, I don't know much about you, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I was building a goat pen today. A, a goat, goat pen? pen? Nice. A goat pen. Are you the yeah. goat of goat pens? But probably not. Mm. But I think it'll work. Hey, I'll all that matters is that it keeps the goats. Yeah, exactly. So I can go milk them. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, have you ever tried to milk a mouse? Would you try to milk me? <laughs> Were you having a bad time? Oh, is that sheep, isn't it? A bad time. Oh, you. (laughs) Do you just feed your goat some tin or cans? Just let them go go to town? I'm going to when I get them. I don't have any. (laughs) That's why I'm building a pen because I'm going to get some soon to go with my chickens. Do you have chickens? I do have chickens. Yay. I got got them back. You know, uh, rest in peace, Jake's old chickens. (laughs) But we have new chickens now. Ah. Are they fancy chickens? Uh, They're... They're uh, two, some of them are black and brown. <laughs> some Fancy. of them are yellow. Well, they're not they, yellow anymore. They're changing colors. Is one uh, take on the persona of humans? Is it named Chicken Boo? No, they're all fucking idiots. I'll tell you that. <laughs> My parents' chickens neighbor had dumb. chickens that had like they they were like these exotic chickens, and they had like fancy hats. Like the feathers would form these fancy hats, and then some looked like that they were wearing um like 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 fancy designer Gucci. Uh, sweatpants. They're yeah, really I got weird. no shit like that. I got low rent chickens. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it sounds hey, like the beginning chickens. of a. It sounds like the beginning of an SNL joke or something. Yeah, it does. I shall yeah. show you pictures of chickens when we get off. <laughs> <laughs> My leg warmer chickens. <laughs> and with that said, this this episode is kind of perfect because I am the uh, Chris Christian of this episode since I'm from Ohio. Chris. And yeah, Chris. <laughs> And uh, we'll say that Triv is, uh, I don't know, 
I'm reading it through Wikipedia. We'll just say she's a doctor. She can't be Mary Lou. We'll just say she's a doctor. Hey. And uh, Jacob is uh, Martha. 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 Why did you say that Martha. name? Martha. <laughs> Why did you say that name? Save Martha. <laughs> Why did you say that name? <laughs> anyway, this is so off the rails. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Welcome to the Fit Dimension of Twilight Zone podcast, people. So... We're back to talk another episode of the Twilight Zone. Uh, we're talking season two, episode 23, which is 100 years or 100 years, 100 yards over the rim. What a weird title for a, an episode. But I mean, it was he does... almost 100 years over the rim. I thought it was going to be that... like a basketball team <laughs> <laughs> like above the rim or something, but no. Could also be a porn. He just, he just like jumps from like half mm-hmm. court. 100 mil- millimeters over the rim. 100, 100. <laughs> <laughs> 100 millimeter rim. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably pretty big still. Oof. Is this the fourth film of the uh, Human Centipede? Oh, oh, dude. Oof. <laughs> oof, oof, oof. <laughs> I don't know, those movies. <laughs> yes. So, with Ouch. that said, this episode is directed by Buzz Kalick, uh, written by Rod Serling. Uh, this is an episode that stars Cliff Robertson, who was in the Spider Man movies, believe it or not. Uh, John Crawford, Evans Evans. John Aston and Edward Platt. So a pretty, pretty good group of individuals. Uh John Aston, of course. Uh, you know, Sean Aston's like father, I think. And he's also very funny. Oh yeah, Gomez Adams. Yeah, yeah. He's also in a, he was in something. He's in the Frighteners too. Was he? What was he in, who was he in the Frighteners? I think he was the old cowboy, the one that was always losing his jaw. Really? Yeah, I, I did think I know that. Yeah, yeah. But with us, uh, this uh, is episode or production code 173-3654, original air date April 7th, 1961. Uh, so, yeah, this is a traditional Twilight Zone episode. It is pretty standard by the book, has a setup, kind of a crazy uh, middle part, uh, as Triv uh, referenced earlier. This feels like, uh, what's that episode? I shot an arrow into the air. Is that what That's it was? That's kind of what I got from yeah. it, but... Yeah, the whole desert thing going. Well, it's the, and, uh, the random road too. Yeah, but no, they do uh, episodes like this before, don't they? Or so later, know. where they uh, time travel into the the future or whatever. Well, they had the one, uh, the old lead bottom. Well, Rip Van Winkle, the Rip Van Winkle caper or whatever that's called, is sort of similar to this as far as the time travel element. Yeah, what was um, the, one with the the pilot though, the English pilot. Oh, long flight. Is that it? The last flight? The old lead bottom one. Yeah, that. Yeah. That's kind of like it. Um, well, I just meant as far as like the, the terrain and everything looked very similar. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm way But this one was apparently done on the same area as, um, uh, what the hell was it? Uh, third, from third, 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 third from the sun. But I, I don't see that. Maybe that's just me. Well, it's also the geography of the Olancha era area. Was also used for location shooting for Tremors, Bug, and Iron Man. I can you see that. Iron Man, Beginning, that. Tremors, yeah, Tremors. Yeah. Actually, that, that reminds me. I was watching. Speak of Tremors, this is like totally off subject, but I was watching uh, Red Letter Media's review of uh, Near Dark, and I completely forgot how much oh. that movie's awesome. Oh, it's I very good. Dark. I have it on Blu-ray. I love that fucking movie. I just yeah, watched that movie. Worth first a lot time. of money. Really, really, really. Yeah. It's worth oh, a lot on Blu-ray. Yeah. I have that Trip. Blu-ray upstairs. Yeah, because it's out of print, but I didn't know you've never seen it before, Trip. Well, I just, it's one of those things I just run it, ran across, so. I just watch that every uh. Halloween. I love that fucking movie. From, isn't that the same kid from uh, Lost Boys? Uh, no. Is it not? I don't know. I always thought it was. Uh, when I was it's, a kid. Uh, he was in uh, Teen Witch, apparently. He's been in stuff. Anyways. Yeah, he's in stuff. Uh, okay, so Triv, Jacob... <laughs> This is, like I said, a pretty standard Twilight Zone episode. I, I actually pretty, I enjoyed this episode for what it's worth, but do you guys know much about this episode going in? Do you remember this episode at all? Is it? I don't remember this episode at all. I know it's a shock, but I do not. It, it's, let's, let's put it this way. It's an episode that doesn't take, it doesn't, it, it, it goes for a little bit in one location. It goes for a little bit in another location, but never like overstays its welcome. I don't know if you yeah. guys agree with that or yeah. not. It doesn't, so. um, yeah, it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's not like the most memorable episode ever, but it is a very entertaining episode while you're watching it. It does raise yeah. some interesting questions, too, um, which we can talk about when we get towards the end, too. Or at least it did for me. 
Yeah, and it, it heads into that time travel conundrum that yeah. could uh yeah that that that's the that's always the problem when you do time travel episodes, especially when you're like loosey goosey with them. You're going to put things in your show or movie that may affect may make no sense. But well, and yeah. I'm not even worried about it from that perspective because it's a 24 minute show done in the 60s and it's you know they didn't take stuff as seriously as what we do now i just there was a few things where i kind of looked at and went oh you know the interesting implications and stuff so yeah yeah and i i think i think what i and I, i'm just gonna be straight out i re- i do really like this episode it has problems but well, i think the episode, fact that i mean well yeah but i think there's like this one as far as time travel i know jacob you said you're a big fan of time travel stuff right yeah. I like time travel um, things, even with all of their inaccuracies. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if, if we think about it, this episode, I mean, we'll kind of just really get into like the first part of the episode. You know, it's a wagon trail group of people. They're coming from Ohio, which is already mm-hmm. a detriment to their their health. On the Oregon Trail. Yeah, they're on the Oregon Trail the going to California. Dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> you shoot a buffalo, but it's only you can only carry a hundred pounds of meat back with you. <laughs> Yeah, they probably they probably uh, fjorded the uh, the water and lost a they broke a lost a buffalo. Yeah. They they lost a buffalo while they were past uh, or an ox or whatever while they're crossing the uh, river. Exactly. This is this is the uh, this is what the creators of the Oregon Trail base their episode or base their game on. So actually, what did you guys play the Oregon Trail on? Just we, we got to clear that up real quick. On on Mac. Like like the OG. Oh gee, like in school like we played it on the like Mac One or whatever the like all in one Mac in like yep. the yeah lab at school. Like the like screen the screen was like ten inches black. or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> green and black uh, character uh, yeah. graphics. Yeah, you had the yeah. Big flying black toasters disc. and <laughs> the rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> you had to shoot it. <laughs> yeah, it was like Pong a bit. Yeah, see, yeah, see you guys, you know what's up. They yeah, have new like versions the... of it that are in color and like better graphics and all that. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Different audience, different age, no, though. No, no. Um, I will say that um they were talking about it's one of those things where it's like I can see it, but unless it specifically says it's hard to say one way or the other. They did say that um the travel part of uh like Back to the Future was based off or was inspired by this. Oh, it's okay. also J.J. Abrams' uh, favorite episode, apparently. But that's according to IMDb, so take that how you will. Well, I mean, this episode is very vanilla, so I mean, it could be a J.J. Abrams product for all we know. Oh, but it doesn't have, have any uh, Starbucks or, or um, what are they? It's, uh, lens flares. There's no lens flares. Well, I mean, it was the 60s in black and white, so it's probably hard to do lens flares. Oh, if it he would have just... found a way, he would have found a way. Sure, sure. He could have um, but yeah, uh, so this episode, uh, w- we're introduced to Chris or Cliss, uh, played by Cliff Robinson. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he and his he and his wagoneers and family are traveling from Ohio to California. Uh, one of the kids is sick. Or one of his kid is sick, dying of dysentery, and uh, <laughs> he decides he's going to go apparently a hundred yards over the rim because that's where everybody goes to get medicine, and uh, he walks. Like walks many many miles, many hundred yards to that rim. Approximately a uh, hundred. I mean, yeah. If you could walk one million, one thousand miles, I don't know any more of the words of that song, but you know, if I could walk five hundred miles, successful. I'd walk five hundred more. Yeah, yep. five hundred miles. That's right. Just to be the I man who'd walk five hundred miles to end up at your door. Da 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 da. I could, I, I could walk 500 miles. I could walk 500. It's all about the more. inflection when you say, I could like car sing the hell out of that. If I could walk 500, and then well, there you, you just kind of make noises because I don't know. Da, 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 da. <laughs> you turn it real loud and it's like you're saying the words. That's what that's what that's what this made this episode better. If you just started humming, if I could walk a hundred yards Five. and I could walk and rim some <laughs> more. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so he walks over and he sees a power pole and a road and mm-hmm. a highway, and mm-hmm. uh, that's when we get into the very long narration and, from Rod Serling. And then Duel. Who, uh, oh yeah, yeah, 
Oh yeah, I'm getting ahead. Where's Rod Sterling? I forget where he comes out. Is he comes out from like the middle of nowhere? Is he like no, hiding in the desert? They, they, it whip zooms pan. over to the side of a uh, yeah. wagon. The whip and the nene's like this. <laughs> <laughs> he comes on. He's the, like, the year is 1847. The place is the territory of New Mexico. The people are a tiny handful of men and women with a dream. Eleven months ago, they started out from Ohio and headed west. Someone told them about a place called California, about a warm and sunny and blue sky, about rich land and fresh air. And at this moment, almost a year later, they've seen nothing but cold, heat, exhaustion, hunger, and sickness. The man's heart's thick wife, and he's the only one remaining who has even a fragment of the dream left. Mr. Cliss Horn, who's going... Over the top of the rim to look for water and sustenance. In a moment, we'll move into the twilight zone. Yeah, and so this guy, Cliss, uh, he finds himself... Apparently, this takes place in New Mexico in 1961 or 18-whatever, 41. And uh, he walks... Yeah, in 1847, thank you. <laughs> but he, he walks and he walks and he walks while the crossfades yeah. happen. No, 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 no! But uh, he almost gets hit by a truck because he has no idea what a truck is. This is like the when the people monster. first saw the train. Yeah, the monster. And then this he shoots like his the hand monster. or something. That monster hand tried to kill me. But uh, this is like when the people first saw the train on a film and they like went, oh, they got scared. <laughs> That's what happens to him. What they do? Oh. Oh. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Awesome. And then he he like falls on his gun and he like shoots off the gun and like burns his hand or something. Yeah, I wasn't sure what was happening there. I didn't know if it was a gun or he just like the dirt just like exploded. It shot, him. but I did. I thought that that was gonna have some type of relevance. I was supposed because, to know, call on the doctor because of that. Like, well, anytime they do anything in like a show or a movie or anything like that, like firing a firearm, it's always got some type of relevance. It just doesn't just happen. So I was like, okay, he just shot his gun. Did he like shoot somebody or something? No, just shot his gun. Did he hurt yeah. his hand? He did, and then well, that mm. brought on the. Um, penicillin so that oh, might have been right. the yeah. reason that that happened the way it did yeah all i could think about and this is gonna sound stupid i was watching time cop the other day and uh there's a scene where john claude van damme's character goes back to the past ends up in the middle of the road and a truck's bearing down on him yes like and he goes under it yeah, he's, yeah. he's john claude van damme exactly there's also a scene in that movie where he does the splits in his boxers in his apartment there you go he also did that That's in a, no retreat no surrender yeah he does splits a lot Yes, he does. Him. Yeah, he's special. He should be a gymnast. He's got a very uh, flexible groin. Yep, he needs yes, to be in gym kata. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, he could do like <laughs> T twenty five. So, so this is he. He walks for several hundred yards. You know, crossfade out the wazoo. Just crossfades, crossfades, crossfades. I thought he was gonna be on the road for like half the episode, and he was. You get a crossfade. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, this is when he comes up across a, gra- a gas station. I think it was called Joe's Airlift Chili Gas Stop, if I remember right. I don't know. Joe's I think it was... Airlift Chili Gas Stop. I think it was. <laughs> I think it was actually Joe. But the funny part was, before I actually wrote it down, I, I think it was just Joe's because uh, I think it was near like an air airport or whatever. But it was Joe's Gas Stop or whatever. But there's a sign that says, "We have like the world's greatest chili" or something like that. As Cliss uh, is walking up. I don't know if you saw that. It's a, it's okay. the Air Flight Cafe. That's what it's called. All right. So it's I was looking. Cafe. I was looking at the the plot synopsis here while you're talking to see if it said about something about Joe's hot wings and chicken or whatever. And uh, <laughs> by the way, right before that, it says the way he injured himself. Explain to me how this happened because he had like this really long rifle with a very long barrel, and it says he. Uh, uh, a motorized vehicle coming at him. He stumbles out of the way, accidentally firing his rifle and grazing his arm. How did he graze his own arm with his rifle? The only thing I could think is that, like, the heat from because the... Anal. Oh, Jesus. There you yeah, go. Because anal. All right. Basically. Moving on. <laughs> well, no, could it have been, like... It's like the well, God but... works in mysterious ways kind of thing. It just answers everything. I was thinking that he actually liked the heat from the barrel, maybe. Like Maybe, he didn't the like graze. Like graze isn't the right word. I would say if he did anything, he burnt his hand on the gun because of the heat mm. of the of the bullet traveling up. I because guess. it well, but it would have to be more than one 
got or one um round though for it to get that hot i would think and you know the guns in the 1800s don't load pretty quickly because you have to like you know put the bullet in you have to fucking push it in there you have to put no that was a musket i don't think that that was that's a musket you dumbass it looked like a musket. Maybe they, it maybe wasn't it was a, a musket. fucking musket. It, it was it was eighteen forty three. It was it wasn't the seventeen hundreds. Put your time <laughs> you zones know. right. Fuck it's off, a man. Zone. You have to push that shit in there. You have to oh, push You gotta go. put shit in there, huh? He, anyways, we come across Joe, who is played by John Crawford. Crawford. He's the guy that's like laughing at at Cliss at first. I'm like this dude's an asshole. This guy, this guy clearly is in trouble. And you're like. <laughs> it's like what the fuck <laughs> i don't know fucking so they run into some weird assholes out in the middle of nowhere i'm sure we're introduced to joe he is a proprietor of this joe's airlift chili air, gas stop air flight <laughs> air, air flight chili gas, gas stop. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean you eat the chili breakfast served all you day the, you get the gas and then you airlift in the air as you fly away so no 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 you have the chili and then you get the gas or is it Again. you get the gas and then you get the chili? No, no, no. You get, the, you get the chili, you then you first. get the gas, and then you do the human centipede. Mm. You have the human centipede. And then you have breakfast all day. This is going places. I don't even know yes, where this it is, is going. Is. <laughs> uh, but it, where were we? Where we were introduced to Joe is airlift chili. Uh, <laughs> Air flight chili. <laughs> uh, you know, with the bag. With, <laughs> when the medics come down to, to like rescue somebody, the like, Joe comes out. You want some airlift chili? It's free. Uh, it's That's made why of they're people. not doing so Joe's. good. It's Joe's airlift chili <laughs> <laughs> and breakfast all day and gas. Joe's airlift some green chicken and waffles and chili. <laughs> It's like that's like day. Jones uh good ass barbecue and foot massage. <laughs> Jones good ass barbecue foot massage. Jones. <laughs> Shit. Ah. Am I put that, this at the end of the episode? <laughs> or that one um that I, I've seen it before, but I've never seen it with that guy watching on TV. I think Nick, you you posted it on Twitter the other day to it's his DMs where I was like, it's some uh, car. Uh, buying place like used cars. <laughs> Buy our cars, you stupid motherfucker! <laughs> yeah, that that guy that uh that watches those videos, he's hilarious because he, just his reactions alone. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that yeah. video before, but yeah, he made yeah, it. a lot of it's parody stuff from like SNL or uh, Good Mythical Morning or something like that. But anyways, um, uh, so where were we? Oh yeah, we were introduced to Joe and- <laughs> for the third time. <laughs> there, Joe. Joe. Um. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, so this guy Cliss comes in. I need some of that chili. Yeah, he's like Joe's. Like, how long have you been out there? Uh, eight months. He's like, okay, let's go see Mary Lou, my wife, who's played how by. How you been Dennis. out there? Eight months. Let's go see my wife. Well, she was a. Uh, she trained as a. Nurse Hi, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> so Mary Lou is played by Evans Evans. What a interesting name. Poor woman. Calls herself Evans Evans. I knew a Kelly Kelly. I knew uh somebody somebody. I don't know him, but I've seen the name Jacob Jacobs. Jacob nice. Jacobs. Aaron A. Aronson. Unoriginal parents on earth. <laughs> can you can you imagine? Uh, there was a okay. I I know I'm going off subject again, but there there was a Family that Feud episode where tonight. I know there was a, there was a Family Feud episode where. The the kid's name was uh like Abu Abu or something like that, and his dad was like, <laughs> like a Simpsons character. <laughs> yeah, it was like I I like I understand family want to keep their names in like the same namesake or whatever because my like last name and my first name are all I'm like the third generation of it. But why would you call your daughter Evans Evans? Can someone explain this to me? She or probably is this a married into it. My guess is she probably married into it if it wasn't a stage name. Well, who picks that stage name? <laughs> a lot of times they're not they're not picked by them. They were picked by other people. Well, wasn't there Marcel Masseau or Marceau Masseau or is that how you say his name? Marcel Marceau, Marceau, Marceau. Marceau. Yeah, yeah. But that was I, a stage but, name. Well, true. I wonder if Evan. But it's Marcel Marceau, so it's not Marcel Marceau. It's Marcel Marceau. Close enough here in America. Well, fuck you. <laughs> Oh, America is not... not the only place on Earth. I they certainly didn't perform there as such. Sure we did. 
My stage name is Dick Mahogany. Better than Fonda Dicks. You're Fonda Dicks? Or Senior Privates. Dick Mahogany star. I see Peters. I see Wiener. God damn it. Edward Penis Hands. We had a religious goods store here called Knipples, but it looked like nipples. <laughs> it's a, I, find, I don't know why I found that funny. I, mean, I used to work for I used to work for uh, a place called Dick Sporting Goods. There's also a Butts Florist. <laughs> on one end of town, you got nipples, religious goods, and on the other end, you got Butts Florist. There's a town, um, north of here called Titties, Alabama. We got we got uh, on one no, side of the river. Tittiesville, that's what it's Tittiesville. On one side of the river, we got Dickieville, and on the other side of the <laughs> river, we got Balltown. And the joke is always <laughs> Dickieville is just slightly north of Balltown. Only I don't think that's necessarily the case. I do think that Balltown is slightly north of Dickieville. <laughs> how do you get the Frank? True. How do you get the beans over the Franks? Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, Evans Evans is actually was married before she died. Uh, she was married to John Frankenheimer. Oh. Don Jacob Frankenheimer Smith. His yeah. name is my name too. So uh so John Frankenheimer's wife is Mary Lou. Uh she is an individual that is very atypical of a 60s wife. Um they own this John's Joe's Airlift Chili stop. <laughs> and uh they basically are like nice people. They're just people who are owning a shop. They just in the middle of nowhere, they come across this guy who seems delusional and out of place and you know, they're worried about his family who apparently been out in the middle of the desert for eight months. So they don't know he's from the 1800s and he has a wagon and he just needs, uh, you know, uh, medicine or something to help his kid. And it basically becomes a they start to kind of uncover clues about, you know, his weapon being looking like it's really old, but also new. And uh, he just I mean, there's not really much to talk about with this segment. It's just a lot of just trying to. uh figure out who this guy is and what's going on and how they, how can they help him? And, you know, there's a calendar behind him that he doesn't see till like the very end of the act. And, uh, I mean, what do you guys think about this stuff in this episode? Like, you know, they help him out, they bandage, bandage him up, they give him penicillin, they talk about penicillin and stuff like that. But what do you guys think? I thought it was when, when he, I think it was when he realized, when he saw the calendar and he's like 1961 or 1961, he said, it's 1847 or whatever. And like the woman, like it's like okay, he's been saying all this other stuff, and they just been like, all right, this dude's crazy, dehydrated. I don't know, he needs some electrolytes or something. Something's wrong with him. But when he says that, she suddenly believes him so much that she drops what she drops like glass or something. She's or she's just like, <gasps> like oh my god, she just believes because he saw a calendar. And he's like, it's eighteen forty seven, and then like now it's like this big shock to her. I thought that was odd, but hey. Well, they're trying to do the whole, you know, mid-break thing. Dun, dun, and being dun. that they didn't have a mid-break really the last episode, they had to go over the top for this one. I mean, yeah, because, yeah, Cliss is like, you know, talk about Indians and bad guys and allow <laughs> um, He just looks around. He's curious. He also sees the jukebox. Uh, he finds out they've been there for two years. And, yeah, it is a lot of, like, setting up to the eventual conclusion uh, of this episode, but I mean, that's where the act break happens. You know, once Cliss sees the uh, calendar, he passes out, he, he faints, or whatever happens to him. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is there anything you guys want to talk about in the first act outside of the monster that we find out is the truck? And you know, anything that you guys want to bring up with the first act at all? I thought it was interesting, and it's not really anything of note, but. They had a little uh, disclaimer sign on the of the ga- on the side of the gas pump that said "gas contains lead." I thought that was really interesting. Is it condition? Ethel? That Ethel. Who pumped Ethel? Exactly. Right at the gas station. Also, the fact that um, <clears throat> when she gives him penicillin, it's over like it's it's just in a glass bottle. It's kind of over the counter, non prescription. It seems like. She gives him like eighteen pills. She's like, take all these pills. <laughs> she did. She said, take two of these, and she poured out like twenty of them in her hand. She's like, just take two. And I was like, why did you give him all those to just take two? Because plot convenience. Yeah, he has to see how many pills there are, so he knows how many to uh, give his kid. He's gonna overdose his kid off penicillin. I, I like. He's gonna become I, fucking diabetic. 
<laughs> I like I like how it's penicillin is not like we're so used to calling like ibuprofen or Advil. Back in the day, it was just penicillin. Well, that well, penicillin been... wasn't really used like after I think even into the around this time it was there was already strains of things that were like penicillin resistant because I actually looked it up and went down a rabbit hole of penicillin stuff. It's like night. I oh, think yeah. penicillin was it came into regular use in the very late fifties. Like well, I thought it, it had been around longer. Wasn't it like 57 or something like that? It was discovered or it was quote unquote discovered in 28, 1928. But it didn't go into like popular use until the fifties, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But then like it was already when they started using it, it was already, there were already things that were resistant to it. Uh, so by the sixties, at least. That's why it's so perfect for the 1800s. Everybody died of dysentery. Exactly. Yeah. Penicillin will help it from the dysentery. In um, dysentery, where you like shit yourself to death. Basically, <laughs> well, it, it, you're dehydrated and everything else because yeah. of, you yeah. can't stop pooping. You, you dry shits. You think that people created that game to like? That's just a great word to use. Let's just use dysentery. What does it mean? I don't know. Just put it in there. I mean, Cal died of dysentery. Supposed to be educational. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they say until they make you fjord a row, a, a lake, or something like that. You know. It was it's between the in, in every day. It was between, um, fucking uh, uh, uh Oregon Trail, and Family Feud. <laughs> I think Family Feud was, was it Family Feud or Wheel of Fortune, whatever the other game you could play on there. But yeah, that's that's the act break is uh, airlift chili, penicillin, uh, Cliss being very protective of his gun, and uh, passing out. So you have all the all the hallmarks of a introduction portion of a episode of the twilight zone and he shot himself too even though the barrel of the gun was like a foot away from his like crossings like this whatever he was ricocheted off the sign see that's all they needed was some buffalo they had buffalo they've been just fine but they were all dead by 1961 (laughs) kevin costner tried to save him but you know i know he failed like he did with everything else you know, if he had just danced with the buffalo and said dancing with wolves, he would yeah, just fuck fine. them wolves, man. Wolves will fuck you up. Buffalo, just see you out in the wild, be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> Wolf, eat your yeah. ass. You should dance with the goddamn buffaloes. I'm telling you. Oh, man. Bastard. So, so, anyways, we come back from act break, and uh, doctor comes out of the Cliss's room, says this guy is uh, malnourished, but he's a specimen of a man. Trip, do you say that a lot? He's a specimen of a man. Not really. See it every day. Wilson. Every day I look in the mirror. I get the shower. Oh, that's good. I can't I pump really myself say up. that. You're so. a specimen of a man. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Then I go cry a little bit. Get dressed. Consistency get is the important. <laughs> uh, but apparently, uh, Cliss is a pretty good reader and he just find, happens to find an encyclopedia. Okay, that's why I wrote. Um, okay, uh, apparently his son is in the encyclopedia and lived till he's ni- until nineteen fourteen. Um, okay. Uh, Famous doctor. Can we can we talk about how Cliss can read? Because I don't think I don't know how proficient reading they were in the eighteen hundreds. Well, why wouldn't um, they people could read? I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, especially I mean, if you're especially if they weren't they weren't in Middle Ages. I mean, I mean, being that especially could nobody he read was, to like nineteen twenty, right? And being <laughs> that he was the leader of this wagon train, he would have had to have some kind of education. But he, but the funny thing is, and he'll talk about it later, is he he knows about highways. And... Well, he probably talked about it like at the very end. He talks about how the of highways and things like that when he's describing what he saw over the rim. But I think that's probably because he heard them talking about it, or they said, "Oh, hey, that's a highway." And plus, out out east, they probably would have had not necessarily highways, but better roads than where they were at. I mean, clearly, if he had just watched Two Frame Roger Rabbit, he would know known all about highways and freeways. Mm-hmm. So that's that's freeways. about one hundred and forty oh, years in the future. Just saying, no. freeways going to come through. Yep, straight through Toontown. Clover leaves. Clover leaves. Yeah. Yep. Cliss reads an encyclopedia. Um, he find we find out his son lived till he was 1914. I can't remember what it, there's reason he's that he's doctor. in the encyclopedia. Yeah, he, he, uh, was, he was uh, he studied childhood diseases. Yeah, oh, okay, so magic I, penicillin pills, right? Right, so I'm, I'm guessing that he knows at that point that his mission was successful, um, uh, because 
kid would not have lived if he had disappeared. I'm assuming. I'm assuming that's the Rod, Rod Serling kind of given us the ending to the episode in a nutshell. But um, I mean, here's another question. This There's more meat to the bone on this. You know, of course, Cliss decides he needs to go back to his, his group, his pairing, his wagon, his Oregon Trail uh, collection of people. And he like gut punches with the, the rifle, the old, the uh, doctor, because the doctor's like, I'm going to do the one thing I always, we always did in the sixties, which is call a police officer because you know, that always works out well for every crazy person. in the Well, he says thank you to the couple. And then he gut punches everybody. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, Hey, thank you for the airlift chili. It gave me gas, son of a bitch. And then punches (laughs) him in the gut with the rifle bend. But um, you shit yourself. (laughs) Oh, man. But uh, but like I said, like uh, like I was saying earlier, this this stuff before we get to the ending, I mean, what do you guys like overall? What do you guys think about this? You know, is it did it bore you at all? Like me personally, I thought it was entertaining because it didn't feel like it insulted my intelligence like some uh, Twilight Zone episodes do. But I wouldn't call this like, you know, the most complex episode. It's just a guy searching for stuff for his family and finds it in an alternate world or not alternate reality in a different time. And. You know, is there any like hidden messages or meanings that you guys <laughs> contemplated from this stuff? I think the mm-hmm. use of time travel was done better than what it was with I shot an arrow into the air. I liked it um, because one of the one of the best things you can do with time travel, well, one of the worst, rather, one of the worst things you can do with a time travel story is over explain, tell too much, try and like make too much sense of it. And I like the fact that they left it kind of up in the air. Because when you do that, that's the best way to tell a time travel story is to leave some of the particulars and the uh, nuance up in the air. Like nobody really knows exactly how it works. This is just, you know, what happens. Because then you can get away with like some like plot holes and things like that. It's like, well, what if he did this? And since he did this, wouldn't it do that? And all this and that. And you're like, well, I mean, you can't say that because we don't fully know how this thing works. Well, but that's... I, um. I like that they I was did gonna... that. Right. Well, I was going to say that with, uh, I think the best example of some time travel outside of like back to the future that's used pretty smartly is uh looper Yeah, where he does, he does mm-hmm. go into details. Like they, they, he doesn't go into de- details of like how it works, but he goes into details of like, they allow these people to the live for 30 years. It. Yeah. Yeah. Then and they send it back and there's like a secret mill or secret uh, organization, stuff like that. How they deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, but you you sometimes get uh, time travel stuff, and it's just like I, I it's like um I think Primer yeah was I was just time about travel. Primer and I'm like, like I I'm just I, I like that movie yeah I like that movie but I'm like I have no idea what the fuck's going on it's like a Darren Aronofsky <laughs> product you have no idea what the fuck's going on but here it's just like the guy walks over a hill finds himself in a different time and then he gets chased by the police goes back over that hill he drops his gun for one but he drop he goes over the hill and is back with his family. Gives the kid penicillin. Tell the me, kid lives. Yeah, the cops when they go chasing after him, uh-huh. they pull off the road and drive through the desert. Okay, yes, because that's smart. Well, I didn't think they were going to do that. I was like, I thought they were going to get out there and chase after him, but no, they pulled off the road, started driving through the desert. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. It's just dirt. All right, and they're riding through there, but then they just decided at this one spot, let's stop here. They weren't really <laughs> that out. close to him. <laughs> they could have gotten closer. And maybe cut him off or something like that. I understand they didn't go up that hill because, you know, it's it's sand, dune. But, like, no, they just stopped. They said, this is a good place. Let's stop here. He's way ahead of us, and we're in a fucking car. But let's just stop here and get out and chase him. Well, there's actually, there's another episode of The Twilight Zone where I think it involves a fugitive. I don't know if you remember this episode, Trip, But, it, anyways, this fugitive one-armed finds man. himself in a different time. What's that? Is it a one-armed man? Did the uh, yeah. man do it? Yes. Um, but he anyways, the fugitive uh either travels back in time or travels forward in time or something like that. It's the same kind of subject, but uh I remember that one. Do you oddly enough? I don't remember anything else about it, but I remember that that plot point that you were telling there is some guy who's running and he ends up in the future or past. He ends up at a different time and he's still running. Yeah, yeah he's like a yeah, yeah, he's being chased by somebody, I think a, like a bounty hunter or something like that, but um anyways cliff goes over the hill finds himself back in 1847 
gives him kid gives his kid the penicillin talks about highways and they're off to the races to california and that would be cool to a way and end an episode but i looked at the timer on the the actual episode and there was a whole like three or four minutes left and they do the really cool thing of uh joe and the police officer come back with the rifle and it's like really old and uh decrepit looking and they're able to take it apart and i that's that's a nice touch to me because even though it is a little strange that the rifle was left there in 1961 but when you travel back it automatically faded to a hundred year plus it just there is a little plot hole convenience there but it's kind of cool that like oh yeah this weapon's now degraded and you know the guy disappeared and you know it leaves open to like you know did it really happen did it not really happen and uh, yeah like is he the catalyst of it all because like when he goes back whatever came with him does it all of a sudden age the same amount it doesn't make a whole lot of sense but once again we don't know how this thing works because they leave it vague enough so yeah i mean it kind of makes me wonder how many people have gone over that rim and gone to different time zones or whatever i I don't know it's an interesting way to end the episode but i feel like that um, was mostly there just to kind of like have that moment that a lot of twilight zone episodes like this have where something like fantastical has happened and then the the people that are left afterwards are like something happens, so they're like, oh, it was all well, true. <laughs> it's like the King Nine will not return with the the the, the sand, sand in the shoe. In the shoe. Yeah, 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 I hate so. the end of that episode. <laughs> um. Anyway, so that's the end of the episode. That's kind of where it ends. There's not there's not a whole lot to say on it, but um, Triv, like, what do you think, Jacob? What do you think? What do you guys think over all the episode? That sucks. <laughs> no, I enjoyed no, it. It was a it was a good solid Twilight Zone episode. So, yeah. But, um, is there anything you want to talk about on it at all? Not really. I mean, <laughs> kind of covered it. Nope. I mean, okay. there's no, I there's mean, the, there's the implications of the penicillin thing. You know, he takes it back and saves his kid, but then everybody's like, "Hey, my kid's sick too," or whatever. And there's implications like that, but you really can't talk about that part of it. Um, I thought it'd be interesting. never really said he just only no well you can't i mean it's it's a 24 minute it's a 25 minute show you can't really cover yeah. that and do it justice it's better to leave it vague yeah, and people i mean people would get sick with things and then just you know come out of them back then yeah true it's kind of a crap shoot so i don't think anybody would have been like how did he miraculously get better plus they're yeah it's on the road the, yeah because like i said when you go when you go into time travel and you there, there was a segment that um, there was a, set, a documentary or whatever about time, and it was hosted by Dudley Moore. And they talked about like, what if you went back and killed your grandfather or whatever? How would you sort like? They've been able to update like kind of the ideologics of it since then, because like in the eighties. But it brings up the whole idea of like you do something that butterfly affects the whole entire catalyst of human civilization or you know whatever. And can you actually do that? So bringing the penicillin back and, you know, this kid was probably going to die if they had not found that penicillin or whatever. It brings up a whole kind of like wave effect of butterfly affecting the future. And it's an interesting idea. It's one of those things where, you know, in 1961, they weren't really thinking about that whole concept. If kept on going down that that road, then Ashton Kutcher would have ended up in jail. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, Ethan Suppley would have ended up as a, you know, exchange student or something like that i don't know and some some female would have been like a crackhead (laughs) uh kid would have blown uh ash kutcher blown off his arms but yeah i mean it's still and it's still it's still an entertaining episode i mean it still has you know fun with this premise it doesn't it feels more serious it's a very serious episode but it's also like a, a you know an episode that is entertaining i guess is the easiest way to put it in the end yeah you don't want to like put too much thought into it because then you start deconstructing things like the gun thing. It seems kind of backwards. Yeah. <clears throat> but in the words of MST3K, and uh, it's just a show you should probably just relax. Yeah. Exactly. Was, I, I I agree with Nick. It was just an, it was a solid Twilight Zone Twilight Zoney episode. It was, yeah. It's entertaining. <clears throat> exactly. Um. But with that said, there's. <laughs> That's pretty much the episode. Uh, one day we'll actually have an episode where it's much more in depth, like we used to have. But right now it's like, hey, episode. It's just a solid the episode. There's nothing wrong with that. 
Yeah. No, I know. I'm I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying at some point we'll have an episode where it turns into like kind of like what we talked about last week, where it was, you know, a very in-depth dark episode that had a lot of, you know, logistical meaning and stuff like yeah. that. So well, there was I mean, one other kind of fun thing. Um, I thought yeah. it was weird that uh Chris wore a stovepipe hat. Like, why wouldn't mm-hmm. he wear a cowboy hat or something? But apparently, given the era and stuff, Cliff Richardson did a lot of research into that, and that's why he wore a stovepipe. He actually had to like fight to be able to wear a, that kind of hat. Was it because he was like right. in charge of the, the well, because the other guy had one of those too? Um, let's see here. Um, let's see. He did extensive research on the 1840 time period, and um, he concluded that an Easterner would have worn a stovepipe hat, whereas the director, fearing such a hat would make Horn look comical, wanted him to wear a Stetson. The result was finally taken to producer Serling, who, after hearing both sides, decided to let Robertson wear the stovepipe hat as seen in the film version. Yeah, it makes so. sense. I mean, it, it's you know what's kind of sad about Chris... Uh, uh, What's his name? Cliff Robertson. Cliff yeah. Yeah. I didn't know who this guy was till Spider Man, which is really, it kind of sucks because apparently he's, he's like right? very prolific. Or Uncle. What's up? His Uncle Ben. Yeah. yeah Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he's like very pro- uh, prolific in his acting career. Yeah. I, like I said, you know, 2002, I was 2001, I was like not even 20. So I wasn't really worried about what shit they were in. So I don't know. They're like John yeah. Walton. John Walton. <laughs> That's what it looked like to me. Oh, oh, oh I was like, John, John Walton. Walton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the Waltons, you know. Wah, 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 I thought his um, second-in-command dude kind of looked like Nick Frost a bit. <laughs> Isn't that John Aston too? That's what the funny part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John Aston, funny guy. Um, yeah, so that's... Gomez Adams to me. Exactly. Um, but with that said, that is season two, episode 23 of the Twilight Zone, the 100 Years Over the Rim. Real quick, closing narration. I have, oh, shit, we got to do closing narrations. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was waiting. I was thinking about it. I'm staring at it, and I was like, I'm going to wait to that sweet spot so I can be like, hey, you forgot something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. <clears throat> closing narration. Cut this in wherever it needs to be. The location shooting. That's the production notes. Closing narration. Mr. Cliss Horn, one of the hardy breed of men who headed west during a time when there was no concrete highways or the solace of civilization. Mr. Chris Cliss Horn, family and party heading west after a brief detour in the Twilight Zone. Uh, so much shorter than the uh, opening narration, right? Yeah, um, these these haven't been so bad lately. I feel like there's a big one coming, though, because they haven't been getting... You know, reamed on the narrations lately, so I feel like is the next the, one's... is it like choosing the cuttlefish, yeah, <laughs> and the asparagus. Yeah, actually, when we get to season four, it's gonna be like six page dissertation. Now, next week's closing narration is nice. The opening narration's a little wordy. It's all good. Um, okay, so I have a closing narration. See if you guys can guess. Uh, this is a closing narration. There's a saying. The four of us are dying. Man... No. Uh, there's a saying. One flew <laughs> over is... the cuckoo's nest. Yes. Uh, there's a saying. Every man <laughs> is put on earth condemned to die. Time and method of execution unknown. Perhaps this is as it should be. Case in point. Blank. Lately deceased. A little man with such uh, yen to live. Beaten by the devil. By his own boredom. And by the scheme of things in this. The twilight zone. Escape clause. Damn. I was going to say something else. But I was going to say escape clause. Yeah. That's me too. Yeah. This was the last episode before Jacob came on to talk about his favorite sexy robot episode. Blue she got face. shot in the face. Shot in the face. Come here. Oh. Shot through the face. And you're to die. What was I doing? Uh, <laughs> two. Anyways, so yeah, so uh, Escape Clause. Very good. So with that said, uh, that is going to be that little segment, which I may never do again because it's kind of stupid. But uh, uh, it's let's not go stupid. In. It's not stupid. It at adds all. flavor. I need I need something really to add flavor to this to this podcast. Um, okay, so with that said, uh, we'll head into the Twilight Zone ranking list, greatest list known to man because I said so, and no one else can uh, you know fight me on that. Uh, where should we put this? Number sixteen. <laughs> Wait. Hang on. 
Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with that. We should put it at number sixteen. <laughs> Jacob puts on his glasses. Um, no. <laughs> um, I, is this better? Here, here, I, I object. Why? <laughs> what was last week's episode? Is this better than long distance call? Long is different call. than long we just distance did that. call. Wasn't that last week? Yeah. Well, no, that's, yeah. I'm always going to start with like the last episode. Like, is this? An episode. I know it's different, but is this an episode that is uh, for Twilight Zone? Is it like would you put it above, below? Is this episode? I would rather better? watch. I would rather watch this one than Long Distance Call, but I don't know if it's better. Like, yeah, is I this think better we all than... agreed that Long Distance Call is not one we want to watch again. I think this yeah. was more Long Distance Call. I I think I said it's like Nightmare as a Child. Week. Yeah, it was like I liked. Like some of the places they were willing to go, as far as like you know being new for TV and all that. But um, I, I that episode I think I said last week something about it just didn't sit with me right, and not necessarily just a subject matter. It just seemed off. Like it was there was some sloppy parts of it. So I, I like this more than long distance call. Not just um the subject matter, but just like the, the overall structure and the execution. And I would rather watch this. 20 times more than long distance call in my opinion agreed so so what were you thinking between i i know what you're gonna say jacob between perchance the dream and like uh most unusual camera somewhere in that area or do you want to go below that like long distance calls number 19 so if you want to watch this but but there's i don't know if you want to put it above the stuff that's already above it uh, above or below long um, distance call i enjoy most unusual camera but Honestly, I would. I think this was, in my opinion, I think it was probably better than. It's, yeah, I think it was better than most unusual camera. Penny for your thoughts is one with Dick Van Dyke. Dick York. Dick York, yeah, yeah Dick York. Hitchhikers, um, you know where we got Nan Adams from. Yeah, I mean, he, I would actually, you know, we joke about perchance a dream all the time, and I know you don't, but I would put this. You know, maybe somewhere in the one for the angels, people are like all over area. I but mean, if I, we're going up there, I liked this one more than people are like all over. I think one for the angels probably had a little bit more to talk about. Yeah, I w- I would be fine with it there. Like about people, I mean, because the, the, even though I think this is a much simpler story than people are like all over, that's the only thing that I'm shooting myself in the foot here, but I liked. A penny for your thoughts more than this one, but um, I did like this more than. <laughs> well, we're always going to run across like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that putting it. See, I liked most unusual camera more, but that's the kind of movie or the the kind of episodes that I enjoy. Oh, I really liked most unusual camera. Like for me, I would put this between if we're going to go that area. I would put this between most unusual camera and long distance call, but. That's me, and I know that that's not always the. I mean, consensus. I like most unusual camera because it's a funny ass episode. Yeah, um, it was it was a nice light, you know, lots of levity and just kind of not so goofy. Not uh, what's what's the baseball one, the robot? Oh, M- Mighty, Mighty Casey. Casey. Not yeah. goofy to that level. It was goofy, but it was like it was more self aware. Yeah, I enjoyed that episode. Um. But admittedly, I when you go up a couple of notches to where you were talking about a minute ago, I liked this more than people are all alike all over. I'm cool with that whole area. Yeah, I want to see perchance to drink fucking fall, but you know my time will come. <laughs> you guys, aren't oh, don't worry, we got five. we got yeah, we got the end of season like near the end of season two where we got some bangers of episodes. So, um, I mean, Martian one will be the new number one. This I swear. Um, yeah, then obsolete man. We'll go with that. Um, I mean, <laughs> it, it it literally boils down to: is this above people are like all over, or is this below a penny for your thoughts or the hitchhiker? That's what it boils down to. I would say below a penny for your thoughts, but that's me. I'm fine with that. You're fine with that because I mean, I I'm the middleman. It, it really doesn't. What's that? <laughs> I'm the middleman here. Like, I'm okay with that, but I'm also okay with you were talking about it being up there with by one one for the angels. I mean, I'm okay. I'm okay with either one. 
because I, I think episode, what throws it off a penny for your thoughts at that. I think it should be higher, but you know, that like you like Trip said, that's mm-hmm. that's going to happen. Um, if a penny for your thoughts was higher up, I wouldn't have any issue with this. Yeah, I, I think in the end, I think 100 yards over the rim, it's major problem is maybe it's a little too simple. Well, yeah, there's not um, a lot to talk about. Yeah, very, so that, you yeah, know, like for instance, people are like all over. Uh, we had a lot, we had a lot to talk about. I feel it was like a little more important because, you know, it deals with like, you know, society looking down on other society and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think uh, right underneath Penny for your thoughts, right above emotional unusual camera. Does that sound good? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So yeah. So the uh yeah, that'll work. Uh so with that said, new number 18 is a hundred yards over the rim. Number one is still eye the beholder. Number fifty-eight is the trouble with Templeton. Uh still in last place for probably the rest of the season series. We'll see. We'll see what how it plays out. But uh, yeah, we got left. Like six? the season or the series? Season. Uh not even six, is it? This is a shorter yeah. season than last season, isn't it? It is, uh, we got one, two, three, four, five, six more episodes. So called it. There you go. Um, so with that said, the next episode is another time travel episode of sorts. Uh, it's It's been a while since I've seen this episode, but I do remember seeing it. Uh, season two, episode 24 called the Rip Van Winkle Caper, uh, directed by Justice Adis, written by Rod Sterling, stars Simon Oakland and, Oscar Berg, uh, Beregi Jr., Lou Gallo, John Mitchum. Um, but thieves stealing money. Sounds like they sleep or something like that. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, with that they said, that'll be words it. right. Clicto, Nocto. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Rod Rod Sterling's uh, his like um, and now a word from Rod Sterling like the, the outro stuff he does. I like that for this episode. I thought it was pretty entertaining. So I didn't watch it. I usually watch those, but I was in a hurry today. So it ended and I like clicked off. Yeah, no, you got to go back and watch it. It's pretty funny. But with that said, that is our episode of season two, episode 23, 100 Years Over the Rim. Jacob, Triv, as always, it's fun. It's entertaining. I know Triv is dying, so I want to I wanna get the, get her out of here. But uh, Triv, you have content that you you like to talk about every once in a while you just put out a new video of course uh where can they find that content at uh you can find me here on youtube at trivial theater you can also find me on twitter and ig at trivial theater yes and go watch your video you just did one on the the short that short episode right? yeah short, uh it's yeah. a shot on video thing that's really quite weird so yeah anyway cool yeah go take a look at that jacob i know you do things sometimes when you feel like it when you crack your neck and Talk about, you know, Avatar and whatever you do. It's about to cross Where two billion. Yes. Soon. Very soon. I gave it I gave it another ten dollars. So but it's uh the highest grossing film of all time now. It is. So, anyways, you have content that you like to talk about every <laughs> once in a while. Where can they find that content at? I do have content, and you can find that at Jacob Anders Reviews. Um, not as much as I used to, but I am uh planning on took a little break been restructuring some stuff i plan on starting starting to uh, release more regular content coming very soon and i have a new series coming soon uh, that's why i've been working on that and some other stuff and about to have a child in a couple of weeks so not me my wife but you know uh so been hey it's junior yeah my, junior. First, my first uh male that i've sired so that's new uh but yeah that's uh plus I he's got be- goats yeah, and my goats and my chickens, and uh, <laughs> oh, and your chickens. wild animals. Yeah. yeah, I want a cow, but I don't have enough room. That makes <laughs> it easy. I want to buy the land, some of the land next door to me, and clear it. Then I can have a cow. I don't know really the cow. Bitches. Then I'll feel like boo, boo, boo. anyway. Um, but yeah, I will. I I have uh, movie reviews that come up there, and. Uh, I'm I'm trying to do one a week right now, but I want to get back to doing like one or, or like two on the movie front. Uh, just but but some different longer form content. Working on longer form content, but Ooh. that is coming real soon. And I hey, fix me, my... I fix video game consoles in my spare time, or not my spare time, to make a living. Yes, so yeah. He's, he's currently fixing the that. Virtual Boy. <laughs> There's no fixing that. 
Um, <laughs> but on the Twitter, oh yeah, I'm on Twitter at Red Neville Two dot com, but whatever that Twitter stuff is, and uh, on my YouTube channel. Yeah. Oh, and uh, as I say, don't call me Shirley, but call me Movie Emporium. That's where I keep all my content at. Uh, Twitter Movie Emporium. We are a podcast form as well for this podcast uh, on all the, all the major platforms. Subscribe to whatever you listen to. Uh, but for myself, Triv, and Jacob, we'll see you guys next time in the Twilight Zone. Cuttlefish, peace out. Bye-bye. Stay away from the asparagus. We go to butt plugs. Butt plugs.